Welcome back to another episode of Broken Record Ministries. I'm Ronnie. Carl's back. What up? Brother Bob's back. Hey, hey. Big Mike's back. How you doing? Silent Ron's back. Hello. Our Bible verse this week is Ephesians six twelve. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. So, our topic this week <laughs> comes all the way back from June 2020. This was in my journal, and I asked myself why Christians should be aware of spiritual warfare. So this is what I had wrote down, and then we'll go from there. It's not a question of if you will face spiritual attacks, but instead a question of when. This is why most it's most important spiritual warfare as I dig deeper into my faith and into the book. Because without, we wouldn't know how to fight our own battles. We are called to be on guard from the enemy, and partic- participating in spiritual warfare correctly allows us to do so. Spiritual warfare may make you question your faith, doubt yourself, and even fall into the darkest of dark places. However, the most beautiful part of spiritual warfare is that we got tossed straight into the fire so that we are able to be refined. If we stay stagnant, we are unable to grow or fail, though it may feel the most comfortable option, it's all the worst option which I feel stagnant and frail right now. We see in Romans that he, as in God, has made us conquerors so that we can come out of these battles victorious. And I have Romans 8, 37 and 39 asterisked into that. So obviously, as we know, during that time was the very start inner workings of COVID. And I think that was the going on of the internal struggle, the depression part, the mental anguish. Like Carl and I talked about a couple of episodes ago, probably like three now, when COVID started, he was okay being on the island by himself. Mm -hmm. When it started for me, it was just another anxiety thing because I didn't Mm want to be by myself and then when I was by myself then my mind was racing well I thought I was okay being on an island by myself in hindsight it was destroying me I think in hindsight that was my spiritual warfare was Mm -hmm. him isolating me from everybody else and making me feel like that was comfortable Right. you know what I mean Yeah, but on both sides of the fence right? Mm -hmm. like you're on that side and you thought that that was where what you needed or you were okay with that thought it's what i wanted yeah on the busy side of the street i thought i was gonna go crazy mm-hmm. and you know go to that deep dark spot and slide back and it was just those attacks like i mentioned in my notes from back then didn't matter if it was gonna happen it was when it was gonna happen and it doesn't have to be 
COVID 2020, it could be little things too. No matter what. Spiritual warfare of dryer being broke down for two weeks. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And those frustrations yep. could be having a limited amount of time to get food. And then you get all the way back to said place with food and your order's wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Could be a long line at the grocery store. Could be a number of different things. It doesn't have to be the getting the call that it's stage four or getting the call that I don't love you anymore or getting the call that I don't need you anymore at this job or whatever. Right. Anything to keep you distracted from God and stagnant, no matter how big or small, I think that's right. ultimately the goal. That's yeah. it. That's Anything what, that's that doesn't go your is. way, it seems like to me, would make you there. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, if, if you're wanting it to go a certain way and it doesn't go that way, it frustrates you to a point of where, you know, you're fighting what you want to do, but then you got to stop and think, okay, wait a minute, what do I need to do here? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if that makes any sense, but... It does. I think that's evidence of the enemy using your sin against right. you because, like, that's evidence of selfishness, yeah. right? Yeah. When it's all about, well, it's not going my way. It's pride. Yeah. It's pride. Because that's the first thing he'll do. He'll plant a seed of sin, mm-hmm. and then he'll use that against you. Yep. And it doesn't take much. I mean, just a little bitty thing. No. I mean, because, you know, I've been away from small group and and this and men's group and stuff for a couple of weeks now, and it, it hit in with me. I texted Ronnie, and I talked to my wife about it and stuff, cause, and I said, I just I feel I can feel the devil coming after me because I'm not connected right now. In whatever way, I'm not connected in the ways that I'm used to, right? You know, so I can really feel him coming up, you know, and what whether it be with the language I was using or whether it be with, you know, oh, let's go ahead and be distracted at this while I'm supposed to be working or, you know, feeling sorry for myself because I, you know, I got to stay in, but I'm not sick. And you, you know what I mean? Just mm-hmm. all kinds of different things to where it's all, all, I think for me, it normally seems to hit of the things that I think I'm doing better than, you know, with my walk and stuff to where it's just like, oh no, you're still not, you're mm-hmm. still not there. Kinda, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like a, Mike, you and I were having that conversation before we hit the record button. Yeah. I was like, I, I read this, I wrote this two years ago, and I still yep. have issues with it today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. almost same things. Now, some things are a little bit easier, but, mm-hmm. I mean, I can see growth in myself that way. And that's not a boastful thing. Right. But then, the other things is like, you know, and I, I don't... To go on your point, Ron, I don't know if it's always that way, though. Because if the closer you're striving to be in God's Word or with God, the harder and overtime hours he's going to put in yeah. just, to throw up that roadblock. Yeah, there's, there's there's two ways you can look at spiritual warfare. You know, you got your negative side and you got your positive side. Negative side is what we're talking about right now. Mm-hmm. Satan coming in. Satan using whatever it is against you to get you to step back. But the positive side of that that same warfare is is God's greater than the man that's there giving you the warfare. Mm-hmm. God's going to take care of it. So God's going to refine you 
in that spiritual warfare right along with the devil trying to tear you down. But God's going to win because he's going to refine you if the thing that's that them two little them two little letters is a big word if you allow him to. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you was you know you was feeling disconnected because you wasn't you know in small group or you wasn't in uh, men's group and you wasn't you didn't go to church. But honestly, it's our own fault that we get to feeling like that because. You know, it all comes down. <clears throat> it all comes down to that personal relationship with Christ. When you're disconnected from your church family, that's when you should plug into your heavenly Father mm-hmm. and be more connected with Him and more focused on Him instead of focusing on things around you. You see, it helps me when I'm with my people because I see Him in you. Mm-hmm. I get that, but and what it I'm, helps me, right? To stay where I want to be, besides yeah. being by like myself. your bumpers in a bowling alley, yeah, right, yeah. But it does help. I mean, it don't get me wrong; that does help. But it's also our duty to be able to stay connected with Him and through that personal relationship. Mm-hmm. I mean, I you know I, I I'm not trying to be a native Nancy here as far as. You know, because that that positive side of that needs to be talked about. Because right. he's the man. We don't care about the devil. Who cares about Satan? He's already lost. He's gone. He's done. Right. We need to talk about the positive side of this because God's there. He's going to refine you through whatever you're going through. You just got to allow Him to do it. The main thing is, is you got to focus on it and understand what He wants you to learn out of it. Right. Like, what did you learn out of your two weeks of being disconnected? That I need to, you know, get into like, like, like I said, I talked to Ronnie and he goes, "Well, why don't you find a?" He goes, "He said I'm feeling a little bit of it's a little uh, um, devotional, right?" So then we did a like a three day devotional, and you know, given our opinions of what we just went through and read and stuff like that, and I prayed more with my wife, and you know, so it was it was the depending on him, right? You know, because regardless of being. I guess at face value, you know, in church or seeing or seeing other people, it's still, it's only about him. Depending upon him is the key. I think sometimes he'll let us get isolated like that to highlight areas where we're not giving him our everything. Yeah. Or our relationship is lacking. Because I think, you know, togetherness is good, right? What Mm -hmm. we're doing now is good. Gathering with other believers is good, but it can very quickly turn into a replace, you replace your, your, your relationship with fellow believers can become a replacement with your relationship with the Father mm-hmm. and you not even realize it's happening. Exactly. Until he yeah. isolates you to highlight that. He'll allow the enemy to come in and attack mm-hmm. you to isolate you, but the Father's goal is to highlight an area that you need to correct and Absolutely. you need to write the ship on. Exactly. That's that's where the refinement comes in. He's like, here, this is what we need. I need you to focus more on me than to focus more on... It's, it's fine to go to small group it's fine to go to men's group it's fine to go do them bible studies it's fine to but okay you're, you're doing all this stuff where's your downtime with god mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when elijah was struggling what did what did what did god do yeah brought him to brought him, brought him to a cave by himself by himself he isolated him the enemy didn't like, do that you're god gonna did. you're gonna give me some time you're gonna have downtime you're gonna be able to pray you're gonna be able to talk to me mm-hmm. and that's what god wants so that's why we have this warfare and and 
and I think we more, you know, we more war with ourselves and God, kind of like, yes, you know, relying on you guys. At some point, no matter what it is, is going to fail. Absolutely, relying on myself is going to fail. fail. Mm-hmm. Relying on God, oh, not going to fail. Never, never fail. Relying right. on myself failed just the other day. Mm-hmm. I was trying to kick a motor out of a car. <laughs> Didn't work out too good for me. I got hot. I got heated. I started throwing things. I had to stop and sit down and take a moment. It was it was bad. Yep. I, to, I mean, I got he had me frustrated. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to stop and regroup. But you realized it, right? Right. It, it was. It that, was that's bad. the thing. Like realizing it, not realizing it. It's even a bigger issue. Because it just kept getting yeah. worse yeah. as I went along. Because I was like, oh, just overlook it. Keep going. That's that. Keep pressing. Keep pressing. And then it's like, I'm done. Put it down. Yeah, that's like that <laughs> half empty, half full glass, right? If it's half empty, that dominoes fall once. And then it's going to hit the other domino. It's going to hit the other domino. So, no matter what that second or third thing is, might not even be that bad. But since you're on that roll... Oh, right. It, it could be the the most minute thing, but because yeah. you've already hit those other two, yep. just adding fuel to the fire. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. That's what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> I ended up almost putting my wrench through a wall. Mm. But you didn't. I threw it. <laughs> the thing is, though, it came apart. <laughs> the handle was still in my hand, but the wrench went flying. <laughs> Our ratchet, sorry, the ratchet. Yeah. There was nothing going right. Nothing. It was almost like that quicksand I was talking about. Every time I kept going and kept going, it just kept getting worse, and more yep. things happened. Then I got hot and I got frustrated, and I had to just stop. Like I said, stop, sit down, take a moment. Think, breathe, pray, <laughs> and then it got better. I finally got it out. Yeah, because you realized that you needed God to be able to get out of the mess you was in. I was. I was mm-hmm. stuck there I mean, for a minute. The thing is, is once we get in that mess, it's just like quicksand. Our sin is just like yeah. quicksand. I mean, the more you move around, the more you try to get out yourself, the more you, you know, like you, you try to do it. You try to do it. Well, you're just going to keep sinking deeper and deeper. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And wear yourself out. And wear yourself out. And if you look up to God, that's where that's where the focus on Him comes in. Because if you got a personal relationship with Him, you're like, He'll do. He'll help me out of this. You know. Right. And and the thing is, is He'll come to you if if He needs to, but He expects us to go the half half the distance, right. and He'll come the other half. Mm-hmm. Right. Meet him in the middle. Yeah. You know. And that's looking up, right? That's You're struggling up. in that quicksand. Mm-hmm. And then you look up. And then <clears throat> for some reason in this scenario, my God, sounds like Red Fox. But like you see that vine that you can reach. And he's like, you big dummy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> right. Like it's here the whole time. Yep. You're out of breath, and you tried and tried and tried for 15 minutes now. And it was right there. And it was right there mm-hmm. the yep. whole time. And I think sure. some of that stuff, I'm not saying it never is, but a lot of that's not spiritual warfare. Sometimes those are just sin habits that we've developed in ourselves. I think sure. sometimes we have the habit of giving the enemy too much power. 
and too, too much, much authority. Credit. We almost uh, obsess over him. Mm-hmm. Like you know, when I when I say like the enemy's attacking us, you know, I, I say that just colloquially, 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 colloquially. I'm believing What's that, that word? Can can anybody say that word? No, sir. You <laughs> say it. It's all you, man. Collectively. I've never you wrote it down. I could read it, but I couldn't say it. Carl, you got to dumb it down for us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I say it as a figure of speech, right? right? Because the attacks come from him as the authority. Right. But not him personally. He's not like God. He's nowhere near to that to that level, to that power. He's not omnipotent. Yeah, good um, grief. I can't even say that. He's not omnipotent. omnipotent. Yeah, I that. He's not omnipotent. I'll do that one. <laughs> right. Sometimes I think we give him too much power. We you do. know, a lot of times these attacks are coming from agents mm-hmm. sent by him or or working for that same agenda yes. as him. Like I don't consider myself important at, enough at all to to warrant his direct attention. You know what I mean, personally. Right. But that's just me. But the thing is is he loves you that much that he wants to warrant his direct attention to you. Yeah, mm-hmm. God. That's what he wants. God, yes. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about. I was talking about the other gotcha, guy. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Well, he still wants you to, too. So, but anyway. Yeah. You know. uh, but you get what I'm saying, though. Yeah, I, understand I think what sometimes, you're sometimes we have these habits that we develop in ourselves. And yes. those temptations may come from the enemy, right? That, that eventually turn into a sin habit. But, but at some point, it's us. We've yes. developed a sin habit in our heart. And I think God's going to allow us to succumb to that sin habit until we surrender to the refining of, of scraping it out. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's just like uh, it's just like going down a four wheel drive trail, and you already got ruts in the trail. Well, you know your tires are gonna. You may come up out of that rut for a minute, but what your tires eventually they're gonna drop right back in them ruts and take that same path. Mm-hmm. So you know, you've already got that ditch cut through all that sin with all that sin. Well, you try to get up out of that ditch. God gets you up out of that ditch. You're good for a while, but boom. Undoubtedly, you're gonna drop right back in that ditch. Right. It's just, I mean, you know, he knows we're human, and that's why he asked us to be. That's that constant have that, battle. It is a constant battle, but have that personal relationship with it. All it all falls right back down to that personal relationship. It does. Yeah. You cannot not follow Jesus without a personal relationship. No. I don't care what you do; it ain't gonna happen. You can do some outward shell. You can. Here and there. But you can. You can clean no the substance. outward up, but the inward appearance, I mean, you know. Yeah. But then is that just faking it? Yeah. That's just faking it, yes. Yeah. You can no, shine no. up a turd, but it's Pulling, still a turd. Giving a show. Exactly. But, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but it, it could be faking it if you know you're doing it, but it could be fooling yourself. You know, that's true too. I think yeah. sometimes it's you know that you should have a relationship, but you haven't reached a point where you understand how to get there. Exactly. So you're doing the outward things because you know it's what you should be doing. You just don't know how to get there from the inside out. Right. Mm-hmm. Or you're doing those outward things because that's what you should be doing. People expect But you that. don't know why you're yeah. doing those. Or you don't realize why. Well, there that falls right back into what he's talking about habits. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. our sinful habits. Yeah, same thing. But you know, you're talking that uh, you're talking Satan. It's, of course, Satan wants to be God, but he can't be God because God created everything. All Satan can do is take what God created and twist it a little bad. But right in right in turn, as soon as Satan starts twisting that little bad, God takes it right back and makes something good out of it. Mm-hmm. I love the uh, the analogy Jeremiah gives. I forget what chapter, maybe chapter twelve. 
and he comes into the house of the uh, potter. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're making a clay pot. Making a clay pot, yeah. Yeah, I love that analogy, and he uses that to to, to frame how the father approaches us when we surrender yes. to him, that he had the pot in his hand, and it was misshapen. Mm-hmm. There was a flaw in it. So he didn't throw the clay away. He didn't get rid of the pot. He reformed it. Reformed it, yeah. In the potter's fact, hands, he reformed it my, into a uh, better pot. My Bible study was on that this morning. No kidding? Yeah, That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. I love that analogy, and there's, there's yes. a lot of truth in that. Obviously, the misshapen, the, the, the mar and the clay... The brokenness represents our mistakes, right. our sin habits. Right. And if we just surrender to Him, He'll form He'll form it out of us. And the thing right. is, is even even that piece of pottery, if it gets broke, all you got to do is heat it back up, turn it back to clay, and remold it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, that, and that's what God does. Once we break our once we break ourselves, God will say, "Be like, okay, I'll just pick these pieces up, I'll heat them back up, refine, I'll reshape you again." Yep. Yep. You know, and that's that's. He's the pot or the clay. Well, yeah, think about it. Just back over in your life, how many times he's done it. Oh, my goodness. I mean. every Almost every day of my life. Right. I mean, for real. Yeah. I've yeah. broken some. I'm broke somewhere. Yeah. Every day. But even when we don't want to be reshaped. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, no, I'm good. Yeah. And then. You get to I'm not. about it. And it's like, whoop, I was wrong. Yeah. Yep. I've had that happen. I'm glad you said you were wrong. I'm not I, saying I'm wrong. I've been wrong so many times. That's all right, Ronnie. Well, we God's know Ronnie. going to be molding him. Yeah. 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 We know Ronnie. <laughs> I still got one yeah. time left this year to be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> way back, way back when, I probably said no. I was never wrong, but I'm, I'm sure I'm. Well, we got so many chances at that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I always said that I'm wrong at least once a year. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's wife, what I used to say. My wife tries to tell me all the time, "Why do you think you always got to be right?" It's like I'm not trying to be right. I'm it just, just always happens that way. I'm, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just looking at it different than you are, and to me, it just makes more sense this way right. than it does this way. So basically, you were telling her right that wrong. she didn't have common sense. No, that's it. <laughs> it doesn't matter me being right and wrong. It just seems like it's a lot easier to go this path. Than it is right. To go right. This yeah, path. it's it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like I was making jokes. No, it's not so the same way. thing. I'm not trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> but the, I mean, that's what we do here, right? Or that's what we do at men's group or Bible study or whatever. I I could be looking at something 100 percent totally different than what you guys are looking. Mm-hmm. I, I see it from my point of view. I don't see it from your guys' point of view. Mm-hmm. And then that point of view gets spread, shared. Whatever, then it's like, oh yeah, okay, I can see it. Then that becomes way, huh? the battle because then you're arguing with your friend, like, no, this is what it needs to be. Well, no, yeah, that's true. This is what it needs to be. <coughs> then you got to find that happy medium in the middle and compromise. That's when you just mm-hmm. agree to disagree and walk on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, Don't let the conflict start. Nope. Because he tells us not to argue over it anyway. I mean, and me, I fight. That if it's not a kingdom changing issue. Enjoy. I mean, you know, have at it. Think of it. Think how you want, because we'll know when we get to heaven. We'll, we'll know it all then. My wife tells me that all the time. I see something and I don't like it. She goes, "Don't say nothing. Just don't say nothing." Because <laughs> she already knows you're going to. And I don't want to. I don't want to. But she says, "Don't say nothing," because it's going to start a battle. It's a good thing she puts that tight leash on you. It's kind of funny that mm-hmm. your nickname is Silent Ron, but silent you are not. <laughs> I am silent. When you talk, 
It probably has nothing to do with our topic. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, you have a strong, commanding voice mm-hmm. that anybody can hear in a room. So you're saying I like So when she says, so when she says, don't say anything, because even when you're whispering, you might not be whispering. Uh, I'm married maybe, to one of those people. Maybe not. But when she tells me not to say nothing, I have to sit there and think about <clears throat> what's going to happen if I do. And then I have to swallow my pride and say, dang it. She's right. <laughs> yes, dear. Yeah. Yes, dear. <laughs> now she's got you because she's got you recorded. <laughs> Check tape. <laughs> Might get us back on track. So you're two weeks. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Since it's recent. Yeah. Okay. Was kind of the same from my two years ago. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So again, I think it was it was the um, a little bit of the uh, displacement, you know, from the normal routine of everything that I'm used to doing and everything. So it was it was difficult in that, and then it also like normally working from home is not an issue, but then when it's not only working from home, but then it's like then it can't go anywhere else, can't mm-hmm. do it, can't go to the store, can't go to you know church, can't go to group, can't go to any of these things. Then you feel even more sequestered and kind of alone, I think, to, to the point of you're like, okay, well, wh- why is this? You know, and of course, initially, we don't know, we don't think about it in the right terms of, you know, I wish I did. Right. Or, you know, I pray I did that, hey, I, okay, I need to take this opportunity to go back and, and see, you know, what is God trying to teach me? What's he trying to show me? It took me, it took me a little bit, you know. Right. And then with friends and my wife and stuff, of course, it, you know, it, it helped with, with praying about it and, and uh, going to get, you know, getting into the word and stuff like that to realize that, okay, this is, this is what I need to be doing and focusing on, not what can't happen. Right. You know. So, like in our verse, right, you... Yeah. How am I going to word this? You got comfortable and stagnant mm-hmm. by doing the things. Right. And he was like, well, yeah. I'm going to put a stop to it for... Yeah, let's twist this up because that's not what it's Michael about. Smith, <laughs> you are going to timeout. That's right. For two weeks. Yep. Yep. Now let's think about it. Yeah, think about it. Tell me what you got from it. Yeah. You know, kind of thing. and. You know, and I think it made me appreciate um, some of the things I do do even routinely more, as far as like when I do pray at night, or mm-hmm. you know, and uh, when I do read a devotional or anything like that, because it's not just a doing it to do it. It's right. not just okay. This is what's kind of expected as a Christian or right. whatever. You know, it's a no. You know, it made me realize things more, and it made me. Like even reading the Bible and stuff, it made me realize I really got to go and get a study Bible. This is really something that's been on my heart. You know, I really need to go do this, and I really want to, you know, just explore some of the things as as far as you know, being able to get more into um, certain chapters of the Bible and you know, books of the Bible and things like that. You know, so I think it just, I think he he put a stop and then a you know reprioritize mm-hmm. a reset button. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Carl. Think you of, said that we were all wrong. <laughs> Did I? That spir- spiritual warfare isn't necessarily what we thought it was. Well, I didn't say you were all wrong. I don't think you worded it quite. Well, I said that. I said that. <laughs> I was a bit more diplomatic in how I, I approached it. I think you put words in your mouth. Well, you know. Yeah, check date. Check date. <laughs> I think sometimes what we perceive as spiritual warfare is either our own temptation. 
mm-hmm. leading us into sin. That can be a spirit attacking us. It can also be our own heart. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think other times, like what you're talking about, being pressed, that isn't always necessarily from Satan. Sometimes that's from the Father. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times the, the spiritual entity that's attacking you might be trying to make you comfortable. Because the more comfortable you are, the more apt you are to stay in a sin, right? And that's exactly where they want you. They're not going to get most believers to apostatize. Realistically speaking, that's not what they're going to do. That's very rare when it happens. What they want you to do is to either lose hope in God, lose hope in Jesus, or agree to disobey him. Those are really the two things they want you to do. And if comfort leads you to disobeying the Father, comfort's where they want you. It's the Father that's probably pressing you and making you uncomfortable and making you hurt. Refining isn't comfortable. No. Right? And the enemy does not want us refined. And when you're wrong, I think sometimes the enemy will attack thinking he's destroying us Mm -hmm. and not realizing that he's actually aiding and abetting in the refining process. Yes. He's actually chipping off the bad Mm -hmm. because God's taking that bad and turning it for his good. Right. Or or he's just letting Satan do he's just letting Satan do the work for him. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, for real, by refining. Yeah, or stoking the, the fire. Or stoking the fire, yes. Yeah. So you got to stop like make that. sure you're yeah. uh, getting the right thing out of it or something, I guess, so to say. I think you see it with Job. I think, you know, we see the full spectrum of how the enemy can attack you through Job. Mm-hmm. Every way that the enemy will attack you or could attack you, he did attack Job. Yes. From nightmares to, to bandits killing his servants. Right, the full spectrum from physical attack to actual supernatural attack. He he received it, but the goal was uniformly focused on getting Job to disobey the Father. That's what he wanted. He wanted to prove that he could make Job miserable, and that's one of those cases where he was making him uncomfortable. Because in Job's case, Satan believed the comfort coming from the Father was leading him to obey. So Satan's argument was, if I make him uncomfortable, he'll disobey you. And you see Job for a split second almost succumb to that. Because he says at one point, what good is obeying him? If I'm going to suffer so much anyway, I might as well sin however I want to. But right after he almost succumbs to that verbally, he says that, then Job doubles down and says, I'm not. I'm not going to sin against the Father. I'm going to see the feet of my Redeemer standing on Zion someday. And I'm going to be there when it happens. So how can you tell? So Satan tried to destroy Job to get him to disobey but what he actually accidentally accomplished was proving that Job, his obedience to the Father, was totally heartfelt right. and unshakable. And whatever little bits of callousness that was on his heart, the enemy's attack chipped that away. Chipped it away. That's right. Because you said something about dreams, that you could probably be attacked in dreams, right? Job says he was suffering nightmares. And you also see one point where one of his friends claimed that he received a vision through a dream. That was why he was telling Job what he was saying. Now we know on, on this side of Job that he wasn't receiving that from the father because the father said that the three friends didn't say about him what was true. So whatever vision this friend was receiving and then mimicking that out to Job, he was receiving that from Satan. Right. So yeah, he was he, both both Job and his three friends were receiving like nightmares and stuff like that mm-hmm. from the enemy. That was part of the attack. Well, part of uh, the attack was supernatural. I was and I was just talking. We were just talking the last podcast about that dream I had, mm-hmm. and that was a good one. But ever since that night and we talked that day, the last few days my dreams have not been on the good side. 
they've been like I would mm-hmm. I would call nightmares. But sometimes they're just that. Yeah. I mean, so how do you know? I don't know how to say. How, how do you know who's actually trying to get to you? You know, who's attacking you, you? Yes. How can I, you I know attacking is not really the correct word, but like who's trying to make you uncomfortable? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, how can you? How can you like tell? How can you decipher if it's yeah. God or Satan? Yeah. Sometimes you might not. Yeah. That's the the uncomfortable truth is sometimes you might not. Satan's not going to lead you closer to the Father. Right. Now, I suspect, and it's just conjecture, that what you experienced was a genuine dream from the Father foreseeing the attacks that were coming. Because I think sometimes, I think sometimes the Father will do that. He'll mm-hmm. give us something to hold on to because he knows that the attacks from the accuser are coming. So he'll give us something to hold on to to carry us through. Because I've experienced that personally, so I kind of know what you're talking about. I've experienced a similar thing with a dream from him, and then it led to some pretty serious spiritual attacks after that that it, that gave me something to hold on yeah. to. See, that's the way I feel about that one, because like I said, it seemed like, you know, I was a little kid, and there was always somebody beside me, mm-hmm. could never see his face. But then, you know, it, I was comfortable, I was... And it was all good, and that boy was me, and I figured out later on that that was probably him with me. But then, like I said, I had these other dreams later on after that, and they were, like, totally the opposite direction. I mean, it seemed like I was being pulled away and this and that, and I still couldn't see the head, but yet there was something different about the person beside me. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, I'm, I, it made it look the same because the heads were gone. But yeah, I couldn't tell if it was the good or the bad. Right. And I'm, you know, and I'd wake up sitting there thinking, what did I just like encounter there? You know, where am I supposed to go with this? So it was, it's, it's kind of a confusing thing for me. Right. Well, I experienced something similar. I only share this hoping it'll help because <clears throat> I haven't told anybody about it, but, um, well, you're I, not going to tell any. I won't tell anybody. Okay, so yeah. Gonna... Those of you listening, just just keep this to yourself. Don't share. <laughs> so no, you're good. So I, I've shared that he really, really pressed me to get me out of the sin habits that I was in. Mm-hmm. Right. I had all the outward show. I've talked about that before, and he, the father, really pressed me very hard in a very uncomfortable way. The spiritual attack that I suffered on the other side of that was, you're not good enough for him doesn't matter. You've already sinned. You've already sinned too much. He will never forgive you. He will never accept you. That wasn't from the Father, obviously. That was obviously from the other guy, mm-hmm. right? And it comes back to one of those goals that I think he has is to either get you to disobey or get you to lose hope. Right. For me, he'd already convinced me to disobey. Once I acknowledged it and repented, then he shifted gears to get me to lose hope. <clears throat> yep. That's what he wanted. He wanted me to give up hope. And I refused to. And I had a dream. I've only had, like, there have only been, like, maybe two or three times my entire life that I've had a dream that I can point to and say, I know that was from him. 100% I know that was from him. And I was sitting. I just knew where I was. I was, I was, I was in a room with other, with other people, and Jesus was sitting in a chair. I couldn't make out his face, but I just knew it was him, right? And he's sitting in a chair, and he's teaching, right? And I don't really perceive what exactly he's saying. I just know that I'm enraptured by it. Right, I'm just sitting at his feet, and I can't get enough of it. I just want to absorb his presence. I don't want to leave. 
And at some point he stops talking and he point he looks to me, looks me right in the eyes, and it's like I got tunnel vision and I could only see him. There was nothing else around me. I couldn't see the other people anymore. All he said was, trust in the hope that I've promised. And that was the end of it. And I've held on to that ever since. Anytime I get that attack that 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 you're not good enough, he can't forgive you, he can't help you, he doesn't care about you, he's given up on you, I just hear those words in my head. Trust in the hope that I've promised, and it's enough. And that's why I got up and wrote that down. So that way when I feel like I'm overwhelmed or whatever and not thinking he's there, I go back and read what I wrote from my dream knowing that he's by my side. Mm -hmm. He's on my side. I just need to trust that he's there and always will be. Mm -hmm. Say it, Bob. What's that? I know you got something on your mind. No, I was just going to say, you know... You may have a you may have a spiritual attack that it may be years before you really decipher who it actually was. Yeah, that's why you know, or why it was. Yeah. Well, yeah, or you may not ever. Or you may never. Right. You know, but it just uh, you just got to take them with stride and just stay focused on the Father, stay focused on Jesus. Yeah, that's all you got done, and that's exactly what Job done. You know. When when he was gonna when he was just gonna give up and and you know do his sin and he, you know he just focused on the eternal where he was gonna where he was gonna go not where he was at at the moment yeah exactly and that's what you got to keep in mind you know focus on where you're gonna go not what you're not what's going on at the moment mm-hmm. because this this world is just a vapor I mean it's it we're here and gone. We're like a vapor in like a vapor in air. We, we're here and then just disappear. You know, um, you can't take nothing with you. You come in naked, you leave naked. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I can't say that you don't leave with nothing because you really you do. You come in, you come in with hope, and you come in and sin, but you actually leave with eternal life as long as you accept Jesus as your Savior. Yeah. So I mean, you know, and you don't die. There's no death. If, if you've accepted Christ as your Savior, there's absolutely no death. You walk, you step from this life, you just, you don't die. You step into your next life. Yeah. You and, won't, and, you and won't don't taste get, death. Don't get tunnel visioned on things. Right. Right. No matter, it, it's great to have curiosity and have questions, like we've mm-hmm. talked about countless times, but you can't stay there. Mm-mm. No matter what, like, yeah, because eventually, if you can't figure it out, you need to let it go because it's just going to fester like a piece of cancer, and it's just going to keep festering, and eventually, it's just going to eat you up. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to be that guy. I used to, I used to have something happen, and I just let it fester because I couldn't figure out how to fix it. Right? Couldn't figure out what to do about it, and man, it would just sit there and just fester, fester. You know, and I'd get it subsided for a minute, and. Boom! Something would bring it right. right I mean, right. it would be just a split second, and it would be ten times worse than what it was before. Yeah, I think that's everybody here at this table because we're all fixers in yeah. some way. Mm-hmm. And I know me in my field. Like, if that's a problem, I'm fixing it. Yeah. Like, some way I need to fix it. But in life, it's not just me. Nope. Like, and that's and as a fixer. That's hard to come to terms with. At it times. is, right? 
It is because we're always trying to analyze yeah. how we can do it. We're trying to tru- we're troubleshoot. Trying, yeah, we're trying to troubleshoot it, and it, there's no need to troubleshoot it because he's already got it taken care of. Right. Mm-hmm. We don't got to troubleshoot. We just got to trust in the promise, trust in what he's told us. Mm-hmm. You know. The enemy wants our eyes off him. Yes, he does. End of the day, that's this the simplest way to put it. You know, I mean, we can we can identify how he attacks, and that's good to know. We can identify why he attacks, and that's good to know. But at the end of the day, he just wants our eyes off mm-hmm. Jesus. Yep. He just wants our eyes off him. The smoke and mirrors. Mm-hmm. Yep. Let's pull the needle off the record. Land the plane. I'm not going to follow Carl. Like normal? I don't have anything <laughs> special this week, so don't worry. There's nothing nothing to be afraid of. <laughs> so, Mike, you want to do your final thought? You know, the just pray, and yeah. then you're done? Hey, I got one. <laughs> okay. I got a better one. Relying on God has to begin all over again every day as if nothing had yet been done. C.S. Lewis said that. C.S. Lewis. Sean, <clears throat> Ron, you got something? Well, I got. I was looking at this, and I thought, God is fighting your battles, arranging things in your favor, and making a way even when you don't see a way. Yeah, Carl. That means you're next because we still got Bob. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Carl said he didn't have nothing. I know. (laughs) Trust in the hope that he's promised. That's all I have. That's, that's really, it. that's it's really the only it. thing that matters. You've got to trust in him. Yeah. Bob? Um, I guess, I don't know, I really ain't got anything, but I say don't look to the second-rate magician. <laughs> Go to the master. Yeah. Mm, I like that. That's a good one. Man, I don't think I should follow anybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mine... I jotted down, and it's probably not that good, but here it goes. Everyone wants to be the sun to brighten someone's life, but why not be the moon to shine on someone's darkest hour? Oh, absolutely. Oh, that was good. Yeah. That's cool. So, if you want to talk with us, get in touch with us, go to our Facebook group, Broken Record Ministries, give us some suggestions topics questions just hit us up on there if you want to do it long form you can email us at broken record ministries at gmail.com and until next time broken record ministry catch on the flip side